When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. Hey, Ben. Hey, Scott. Hey. You know what? we got a, a topic today that uh, we're just going to jump right into it because um, I think a lot of people are misinformed, I think, about the about the Autobahn. Sure, yeah. And we're talking about the Autobahn today, which a lot of people associate with. Well, let, let's go ahead and get it out of the way. One yeah. of the big things. Um, a lot of people who are not fortunate enough to have driven on the Autobahn. Me may- being one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never and, been there. Have you? Uh, no, I flew over it. Oh, okay. I don't think that counts. Okay. Um, but they, uh, the, the problem that comes up here, the misconception rather, is that the Autobahn is this one particular Shangri-La of speeding. It's like this one huge stretch of road where almost anything goes speed limit wise mm-hmm. because there is no speed limit. Now, we're going to do a little bit of, what would you call this? Bubble bursting? Maybe bubble bursting. <laughs> maybe, but it's not, it's not all, it's not all bad news. No, 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 it's not all bad news by any means. There's some good news in here. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll mix it up a little bit, but, um, just kind of, uh, dispelling some of the rumors about, uh, the Autobahn that you might, might have heard throughout the years. I know that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one who thought it was just, you know, every bit of that road was all out as fast as you can go. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon to see people going 200 miles an hour all the time. Right. Uh, that's that's what you get the impression of when, and it's like a like a racetrack. Yes. You, yeah. you get the impression that it's a racetrack. And here we'll we'll go ahead and set this straight. Think of autobahn as now this isn't quite correct, but think of autobahn as just a synonym for highway system. Correct. Like, Right, because the autobahn is actually a term that means, uh, or that describes a series of roads across Germany, sort of the way we have an interstate system. And this autobahn, it's kind of a big deal. It's the third largest system of its kind in the world, right? Like, uh, there's That's the big. United States is the biggest, mm-hmm. um, China is the second largest, mm-hmm. and then we've got Germany. Yeah, they've got what, 8,000 miles of roadway? Is what they say. Yeah. Uh, 8,000 plus miles, I believe. Mm-hmm. But it's really, I mean, like you said, Ben, it's just a, it's a federal roadway system that was laid out by the German government. 
And uh, yeah, honestly, there's there's nothing that mystical about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are sections that are um, well, they're unlimited speed. Not not nearly as much as you might think, though. Do you have, do you are you probably already know this because you've you've looked into this. So um, I guess we should just let the cat out of the bag. How much yeah. of it is actually unlimited speed? Less than half. About was it about a third? I was going to say between a third and twenty five percent. Yeah. So, so it's, really, it's it's a it's a small part of it. I know that's still a lot of roadway. Mm-hmm. That's still a, a good two thousand miles. Yeah. When you think about it that way, I mean, or, or more. But um, even that is limited to the conditions. I mean, so let's say that you've got an unlimited speed area. I believe that they can even be backed down if if you know it falls under construction. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, um, if it's if it's improper or not improper if it's uh you know the, the weather conditions don't allow you to right. speed let's say it's snowing in that part of the road or it's uh raining or there are people are merging in or you're in a heavily populated area exactly fog you know things like that mm-hmm. uh just it it happens that you know not all of the, the parts of the road that are unlim- open to unlimited speed mm-hmm. are always unlimited speed yeah but still drivers keep your eyes peeled the next time you're on the autobahn because you'll see what's called a de-restriction symbol. Mm-hmm. And that means that you – it means what it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, it's the German's not that hard in this case. No, no. It means that you do not have a limit in this part of the road, conditions permitting. That's right. And the, what does it look like? It looks like a circle mm-hmm. with uh, three diagonal lines through it, right? And, yeah. um, you know, normally where you see the posted speed limits, you'd find a, uh, a red circle, I believe, with the posted speed limit in kilometers per hour. Yes. And uh, usually that falls, and I'm going to give it in miles per hour. Um, I don't know what the kilometer, you know, I, I didn't look up the kilometers per hour. But uh, okay. usually the speed limits are between, get this, these are posted limits on the Autobahn. Right. Typically between 40 and 100 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. That's the posted speed limits. Most areas falling into the 80 mile per hour zone. Oh, I've got the kilometers if you want. Oh, great, sure. Uh, that 40 to 100 MPH translates to about 644 to 160.9 kilometers per hour. Okay, very good. So if you're, uh, you know, looking at, at your speedometer right now, trying to figure out what that would be, take right. take a look at how far up the dial that would be, because you know, 100 miles per hour, that's still pretty quick. You got to admit that. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you get into these unrestricted zones or these, uh, would you say deregulation? Uh, yeah, de uh, de-restriction. de-restriction. <laughs> okay, de-restriction areas. Uh, that's when you know you can really let it fly. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest here, Ben. I've I've seen over the years, I, I you know, I, I like YouTube, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, I fall right into this trap where I, I like to look at videos of people that people have taken while they're on the Autobahn because it seems like someone who gets on the Autobahn with, you know, fast car, Lamborghini, mm-hmm. even a Corvette or, a, sure. um, a, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, they have to push it all the way to the limit as fast as they can make that car go. Yeah. And for whatever reason, a lot of them have taped the in-car experience of that happening. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I watch, I know, I, I watch, you know, they've got a passenger who's taping or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I watch it, but you just don't get the sensation of speed from inside the car. Not like, the, you know, the, the in-car cameras that are actually just outside the car, you know, maybe down at the road road uh, height. Yeah. Or, you know, some, you know, the car passing somebody at that type of speed. You just don't get the same feel. I'm sure it's exciting for them to relive the moment or whatever. Sure, for them to watch themselves yeah, watching but, the road. Yeah, but, you know, when when you're watching a driver shift through the gears and saying, oh, here we are at 170, 180, 190, you know, they count up. It's yeah. like, it's still kind of cool, but, you know, to know that they're going that fast, but mm. you just don't get the sensation. And let's also 
let's see. We'll get to some. I've got some pretty fun stuff that we that we have on the website. But before we do that, we should probably talk about a little bit more myth busting with the autobahn. Oh, sure. Okay. One thing. So we've established that it is true that there are parts of the German highway system, federal motor system at least, where a driver can go as fast as they would like. Correct. Whether can well, obviously me. there's stipulations. Yeah, sure. And um one thing that we need to add immediately after this, hopefully no one turned the podcast off and just slammed on the gas <laughs> because it turns out that the German motor laws are more severe than the U.S. laws, or oh, at least they're very strict. Right, at least they're always strictly enforced. Yeah, one of uh, we'll we'll build toward one that I think is kind of crazy, but there there are little things like uh, if you are in the left lane, the fast lane, right, and yeah. you refuse to get to the right lane to let somebody behind you pass, mm-hmm. then you can get fined. It's actually considered coercion. Interesting. And the person behind you. If you are the, uh, you know, the slow Dudley who doesn't want to get into the right lane. I made that up. <laughs> yeah, very nice. It's, it's okay. We'll see how it works out. Um, but the people who are behind you are legally allowed to honk and flash their lights to say, hey, buddy. Oh, sure. The double light flash to say, move over. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. I see that here in the States, too. Right. But there it's it's legal. You're, oh, supposed, okay. to, gotcha. you're supposed to do it. Um, now, another one is that emergency lanes are for emergencies only, and there's a little bit of a different definition of an emergency. Hmm. Running out of gas, Scott, is not an excuse to be in an emergency lane because the Germans consider it an avoidable circumstance. Ah, very good. Very good. Very strict. Well, I mean, it's a good point, but they are playing hardball, Mm -hmm. I think. And then if you don't follow the two-second rule, you remember the two-second rule. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Okay, so if you don't, at least that's leave. where if you drop some food, you can pick it up off yep. the table immediately and eat it, and it's still fine. And they're very strict about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, what is it? It's, it's uh, the following speed, right? You yes, to, or following distance. Yes, following distance. At least two seconds of reaction time between you and the car in front of you. And if you don't do that, you can have your driver's license suspended. Oh, for months. Well, I didn't see that one. Coming. See, also very strict. Here's a here's a really crazy one. If you are uh, caught eating or drinking in your car, um, you can get a fine. Boo. It's considered a distracted state. You know, I, you know what? I agree, though. It is distracted. I mean, it, it, I eat and drink in my car on the way to work and sometimes sure. on the way home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it is distracting, I guess, but, I mean, you get practiced at this thing. But if you're going to be going 100 miles an hour, mm-hmm. I don't want somebody who's trying to eat a, uh, a Big Mac sandwich next to me. You know, mm-hmm. swerving all over the place, trying to unwrap the thing, um, or dropping a coffee on their lap or whatever. Oh, you know, yeah. that's, that's crazy. So, um, I, I totally agree with that. You know, even, cause these limits, even in the restricted areas, it's high mm-hmm. in a, in an unlimited situation. You definitely don't want somebody who's got their eyes off the road, even for one second. Right. You don't want to be indirectly killed by a cheeseburger. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You know what? That, that does make sense. Originally, I, I guess I didn't, I wasn't really thinking it through, Scott, but that makes sense because going back through these rules, a lot of them are designed for a place where you would try to save the lives of people who are routinely going in excess of a hundred miles. Mm-hmm. Um, another interesting thing, like the tires have to be rated for a vehicle's top speed. I like that one. 
I, I think like we one. should have that one. Yeah, that one's that one's a great one because if you don't have the, the right equipment for going this type of speed, you're going to shred your tires after not very long. I mean, you're yeah. in a, a rental car that just can't do it, or you're in your own car that you know can't keep up with the the Porsche that just passed you going 175 or whatever it's whatever it's doing. Yeah. Um, you, know, you can't you can't sustain that for very long if you don't have the right tire speed rating. And uh, I think that's a really good one. That's just a safety issue for everybody on the road, not not only the person in in the car that you know doesn't have or does have the tires, mm-hmm. but uh, everybody around them. I think it's a good idea. Oh, you know what? What I got something about safety. If you want to talk about safety Let's, for a moment, I want to talk about sort of in that vein right now. So, yeah. um, did you know that? Now here's one that this is kind of a uh, a fiction one, I guess. I, I don't know how how would you classify this? No, this is one that no no I, um. You know, fact fiction type thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. You would think that this would be a dangerous road, right? I would imagine so. It's not necessarily that case. It's, uh, you know, being unlimited speed. Yeah. Statistically, the Autobahn is safer than U.S. roads. You know that? I did not know it that, is. Scott. Since 1970, uh-huh. there's been a steady decrease in fatalities. Uh, there were, let's see, tw- over 21,000 deaths in the year 1970. Mm-hmm. Um, on on the autobahn, and that has been reduced to less than forty five hundred in two thousand eight. Wow, steadily downward. So, um, you know, I guess there are three times the number of cars and miles driven on the road since that point. Since that mm-hmm. point, so you know, this isn't just like you know people aren't using the road or they're not uh, not as many cars. There's sure. actually more cars, more miles driven, and the number of deaths have gone down. Well, let's and hope they keep going. That's because of some of these restrictions they've got in place, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, people just understanding. I got to be more careful about things, and you know, of course, mm. safety in vehicles has gone way up. You know, they've got airbags and you know, roll bar technology or you know, uh, cage technology that they yeah. didn't have before. Um, crumple zones, crumple zones, like exactly. Yeah. So there's a there's an awful lot to this these stats, but mm. um, steadily the death rate on the autobahn has gone way way down yep. um, for the last what 38 years. That's so interesting because when one thing that I didn't know until we really started looking into this. Uh, is that the Autobahn was built for the same reasons that we built the interstate system. Yes. Which, yeah. you know what that was. Exactly. Yeah, that was for the military purposes, really. Absolutely. Um, because it, at first there was just one road, um, and it really wasn't the, it wasn't even the Autobahn. The first automobile road in Germany was in, what, the early 1930s? Yeah, ni- 1932. Okay, 32. So by the late 1930s, though, um, mm. that's when the Nazi regime... Uh, came into power, and of course Hitler. Mm-hmm. Uh, they decided that they need to get, you know, military uh, machines of war back and forth across, you know, across the country. And mm-hmm. how better to do that than a system like what we have here in the states with the U.S. interstate system? Um, and they created what they call the autobahn. And so it's it's sort of an eerie parallel in history there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we see actually here, you could almost argue that the autobahn has a bit more efficiency to it because now I, I first off let me be completely honest with you due to the sizes of the two countries involved we're talking apples and oranges yeah you know you just the geography demands certain priorities mm-hmm. however when you look at the ultimate goals of these systems which was pretty much just to provide the fastest safest transport possible for military individuals and military equipment, then Germany kind of kind of won with this one because even now they're reducing fatality rates. 
the speed is in excess of what would ever be proposed mm-hmm. in a U.S. system. Just so everybody knows, I mean, there are a couple of very fast parts of our system, but we're not ever going to have something like this until we have, you know, autonomous cars. You're talking about the stretches out west. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. You, okay. You know what it, Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah, yeah, we know about that. But the, um, yeah, I see where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I don't know about it more efficient or not. I, I I don't understand that. I really maybe. Well, I guess I mean that there's uh they've managed to keep this unrestricted speed. Yeah. And they've managed to do it with while reducing uh fatality rates. No. Oh, okay. And accident rates. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. Now, thankfully, there is no World War Two going on right at yeah. this time. So we do have the ability to concentrate on safety and I'm bringing it up a little bit. We also have an ability to concentrate on taking the best, fastest, just most cherry performance cars in the world mm-hmm. on this road and seeing what happens. Ah, uh, yes. I know where you're going. You know where I'm going? I think I do. You want to take us there? I, I, I think I would. I mean, you, yeah. you've obviously looked into this, right? Okay, I've, so you I've, got the, I've uh, looked a little bit. You got the, <laughs> you got I know the, this guy who's an auto editor. Yeah, so. yeah. There's a, there's a list that we have here at, uh, How Stuff Works. It's on our, it's on our website. Um, it is the top five speeds clocked on the Autobahn. So you've apparently looked into it. I've, I've looked into it, man, but this is... Oh, I was going to shock you with some info there, but, um, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to tease this a little bit for our listeners because, um, you may think you know the fastest car that's out there. I mean, you'd probably guess a Lamborghini, Ferrari, something like that, right? Right, right. I'd say you'd be way off, but that's all I'm going to say. So by the time we get down to number one, you'll be surprised. Actually, I think that's, yeah. Number two and number one, really. Yeah. Okay. All, all right. right. But let's start at the bottom. Fair enough. You want to start at the uh, the bottom, number five? Sure. Well, go uh, ahead. What, what does it take to, to be the number five top speed on the on the autobahn which is no f- small feat right no the corvette zr1 oh. clocked at 192 miles per hour for our european friends that's 309 kilometers very nice per hour very nice so this bad boy has more than 600 horsepower uh you're not gonna see it that much on there you know it's a corvette you're yeah. just not gonna see that as many corvettes no no and um so in it's going to be a, a rarity in Germany. Yes. In 2008, uh, a team from the Dutch Auto Blog uh, took the Autobahn test with the Corvette, mm-hmm. and they even had some traffic. They had to go through some work zones. They got it up to 192 miles an hour. Its top speed is 205. Oh, so it could have gone a little bit faster. But uh, it was what? What you, you said that you know this is an open road. Yeah, this is one where uh, you know you've got people merging on and off. You got mm-hmm. people that are just trying to get to work. You got people, you know, sure. uh, running errands. Yeah, and, people hoping they don't get pulled over yeah, for drinking and he, coffee. Here's somebody coffee. trying to set a speed record next to you. Um, and you may think you've seen that on the highway here, but 192. Come on. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty darn quick. If you've seen that on the highway here, you have not seen it for very long. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's entry level, okay? Yeah, that's so just that's, number five. That's number five. So number four, 201.3. And you'll notice that we're kind of jumping up small increments here. Mm-hmm. Small okay? increments. So this is number four out of top five. Uh, 201.3 miles per hour, and that was by the, uh, the rough CTR Yellowbird, which is a Porsche. And again, for our, I don't know, Canadian listeners, European listeners, 323.9. Nine. Kilometers per hour. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the CTR, which is re- it's really based on a 911, a Porsche 911 from 1987, 
um, Ruff, you know, who's a uh, Ruff is a uh, um, I don't know. Uh, uh, German car company. Specialty car company. Okay, you know, yeah, They, they yeah. take vehicles and they make them a little bit fit. Like Callaway does the Corvette the, mm. and uh, Saline does the Mustangs. This is, uh, this is rough does the Porsche, okay? And, um, I don't know. He, he did this in 2003. So this is a long time ago. This is, uh, you know, a good seven years ago at this point. Right. Um, James M. Clash is the guy who, um, who drove the car. Wasn't the owner, but, uh, actually was owned by, um, I think the guy that owns the rough car company. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Alois Ruff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the, the, uh, Mr. Clash mm-hmm. was the one who drove the Yellow Bird and he described it as nerve wracking to drive 201.3 miles per hour on an open road. Yeah. And I can imagine that would be nerve wracking because you're just waiting for a deer mm-hmm. or, you know, somebody to, uh, to merge left right in front of you because they don't see you coming, of course. You know, right. you're, you're approaching so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you may be surprised by number three. Not not the big surprise. Yeah. You may be surprised by this one. Will you do number three? Yeah, sure. Okay. Number three was also the same guy. Yeah, that's right. The same guy. Same guy, uh, James Clash. Mm-hmm. He drove uh, another rough automobile mm-hmm. for this number three spot. And this was a different different rough, uh, it's a rough R turbo Porsche. And uh, a little bit smoother than the last one. He's able to get this one up to 208.7. So you're talking about just a, a, a small increase. Yeah, like six. Yeah, something six, like seven that. seven miles. Yeah, yeah, very small increase in speed, but um, it had 50 more horsepower than the Yellow Bird. And I guess that just allowed him to get just a little bit faster. And he did it during daylight hours, did it, you know, you know, with, with other traffic all around him. Said that, um, you know, according to him, though, he said that driving the Yellow Bird, even though it was a bit slower, was more of a driver's experience. It was, uh, it was a rougher feeling car. It didn't, it wasn't quite as smooth as the, uh, the Turbo R that he drove. So, oh, okay. um, it was more enjoyable, I guess, to drive the, uh, the, the Yellow Bird. Yeah, you was, could feel the response. Exactly. Yeah. He felt it more, I guess, than, yeah. than the, uh, Turbo R. Yeah. So, I would never, if I'm going that fast, I want to feel every bump and curve because I don't want to be comfortable. That's it. You want the, you want to feel the road, right? It ain't natural to be comfortable yeah. going that fast. <laughs> no, it's not. It's <laughs> not because you're really moving at that point. Now, Ben, I'm going to let you read these, but. Are you sure? Yeah, of course. This is, this is the one that's, this is exciting, right? I, yes. I to me it is because you would never guess that the, that the top two spots would be held by these vehicles. No. I, I just wouldn't think this. I mean, we've talked about, you know, some, some top of the line cars. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think that it would be a Lamborghini or Ferrari, something like that. I'll just tell you right now, it's not. Right. Um, go ahead and hit it with this. Cause hit us with it. Should, how do you want to do, do you want to do them one at a time? Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, no, you know what? Do them both at once because, uh, it's, it's same day. Yeah. So Let's I haven't say. given too much away. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. So the top speed that's clocked on the Autobahn is, Two hundred and sixty-eight point eight miles an hour. Two hundred and sixty-eight miles per hour. Right. The 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 top two speeds are both two hundred and sixty-eight. There's a difference of point four between them. And this was on the same day in. This is the part that blows my mind. Da, the most. Da, da. 1938. Seventy-two years ago. Seventy-two years ago. Mm-hmm. This happened seventy-two years ago. I can't believe it. I mean, I, I, you would. It's understandable when you hear about the conditions, I guess. Sure. But, yes, yes. But you don't think of a car in 1938 as being able to achieve almost 300 miles per hour mm-hmm. on a road. 
especially not a the our second place winner, the V16 Auto Union. Oh, one of my favorite cars. Really? Yeah, these are gorgeous cars. Yeah, they I are, just I they love those cars. Um, especially the you know the the, the driver of this one, uh, Bernard Ooh. Rosemeyer. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, they've, they've done tribute editions of, of, you know, at Audi. Yeah. Uh, for him. And, uh, you know, just everything about this guy and his driver and the cars that he drove, the W16s, uh, or the V16s rather. Um, gorgeous cars, beautiful cars. Oh, and, uh, note for you guys, Auto Union was the predecessor that became Audi. Yeah, that's right. It was a, a conglomeration of, of four different automakers and that's the four rings. And so before Audi was even Audi, they built this car. Yeah. That, that's just amazing. Yeah. So they went head to head. Now this is, this is a, a mean machine, right? Again, same day. Yeah. V16 engine, 400 horsepower. It's, it's the, it's the Formula One cars of the day. Yes. That's yeah. what it is. It's, it's, there these you go. are, these are, that's a good way these to are say purebred it. race cars. These mm-hmm. are made only for racing. They're not a street car. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I mean, 1932, you're not going 300 miles an hour in anything else. Um, except a race car, but these are, these are on the same exact day this happens. Now. And the conditions are so unusual. The conditions are unusual, but before we go into the conditions, do you want to, do you want to say what the winner was? Who the big daddy was? Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, I mean, you should do it. Oh, okay. Um, this was, uh, Rudolph Caracciolo. Is that the, is that, the, is that what you're getting at? The, uh, the winner? Or are you yeah, talking the, about? The, the first, um. Are you talking about what happened on that day? Because, hmm. yikes. Let's see what happened on the day. Okay, you got it. The uh, the number two, you know, this is the day that uh, Bernard Rosemeyer he he broke the the uh, he broke the speed record on this mm-hmm. day with with his speed the two sixty eight point four three two, and uh, so that's just fractions of a, of a second less than than the other guy uh, in the Mercedes, right? Yes. Um, that day he had just made a run um, in this in this V sixteen car four hundred horsepower car designed by Porsche. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't have enough downforce to stay on the road, and that's unfortunate because now here's a they, they treated it as like a closed track um, testing almost. Mm-hmm. They closed down the autobahn, so a lot of these guys these full speed runs. Now that's the advantage that they had over you know the, these modern day attempts. Right, you so, can't close uh, interstate like that. For no, long well there enough. are cars that may you know very well could go faster than 268 miles per hour. They sure. can't do it with other traffic around. It just, you just can't do it. It's, yeah. It's, if you've ever watched that video of that Bugatti going 250 or whatever, yeah. the speed that that thing passes the camera, you, you cannot imagine how fast 250 looks when you're standing still. I have a hard time imagining you. people driving those. It's, it's unbelievable. So two, imagine 268 in something that was built in 1932 mm-hmm. on, you know, the, the smaller, thinner tires. Um, you know, it's still a big, heavy car, but like I said, this one, Bernard's car didn't have enough downforce mm-hmm. and they caught, he caught a crosswind and unfortunately his car flipped over and he died on that day. Yes. And that's terribly unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, he, and this was his second run because I think what happened was he had, he had, he, he made one run and, you know, it was successful. Then the Mercedes driver made another run, which broke his record. And this is when Bernard went back out to try to break the record again. So he's trying to break his own record, you know, mm-hmm. the, the third time that day, I guess, would be what it was, really. Right. If that makes any sense. It does. The, the driver we're talking about, the Benz, the Mercedes Benz W125. Yeah. Uh, that is Rudolph. How, how did you say it? Caraciola? I think so. Caraciola. Okay. Um, now he had hit right at 268.8 mm-hmm. and 
He had a V12 engine in there as well, of course. I don't know what else. So you're talking about four-tenths of a mile per hour. That's it. That's it. And he, so then Bernard's trying to go out and top him on it. Well, I mean, can you imagine you're in this one-day duel to be the world's fastest man? It, ben, if you want to read something really fascinating, mm-hmm. look into a story about the account of what happened on the day that Bernard Rosemeyer died. It's it's really really interesting to hear what they say about the way the way it felt to drive that fast on the road because they're going under overpasses mm-hmm. they're uh, they're on you know poured concrete yeah um, they said that every crack you know just the 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 seams in the road and they're they're, they're clean seams they're not rough by any means they're yeah clean. but just like natural wear they said that those felt like you're just you're hitting a wall every time you hit one of those things with wow. the, with the tires it was just that that you know, uh, shuddering. There's gotta be so much friction and each time. They said that trying to go, uh, through the overpasses, you know, you're going through a tunnel and he said you could, you know, at that speed, you can see it far, far ahead, right? Yeah. Uh, because the road is, this part of the road is built for extreme high speed, uh, or capable of having extreme high speeds on it. And they said that it was like threading a needle at that point because, you know, you, you aim yourself for that, 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 um, that tunnel, yeah. And by the time you get to it, which is faster than you might think, of course, um, yeah. It's they said it. It feels like you're threading a needle. I mean, how much time passes? How how far do you go each time you blink? Well, you know? we, yeah, we talked about the indie drivers who. Well, okay, we we pretty much know, right? Because uh, it was four, about forty feet, I think. Yeah, for like thirty-seven to 40 when you're when you're traveling at like two thirty-five or two forty, I think. Wow. And yeah. so it's it's like see, you're talking probably like forty-five feet or something like that. That's just a amazing. ball, just a ballpark, and that's every time you blink. So that's a tenth, one tenth of one second. Oh man, I know. That's incredible. Gotta, so you've got to have somebody seeing shotgun to hold your eyes. Uh, you know, I would think that they've got their eyes wide open through that whole thing. It's probably uh, you know one of those cases where you're you're forgetting to breathe. Yeah, the fight or flight response yeah, kicks in. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, would you have ever guessed? I mean, that's that's to me that was remarkable that these mm-hmm. guys seventy two years ago, did I say seventy two? Yeah. Seventy two years ago, they break the record, and it probably will stand. Um, until they do another, you know, shut down the road. Until they're able to shut it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I don't think that, I don't see them really doing that in the future. Well, it would be difficult to do so because if you think about the enormous cost involved, mm-hmm. you know, this is literally the interstate system of Germany. You yeah. Know? Well, this was, you know, this at the time. Right. You not know, so many cars. Well, it's it's also, you know, the, here you've got the auto union guys, you've got the Mercedes guys. Mm-hmm. They're both vying for the top end in Formula One, which, you know, they still are, you know, out, not Audi, but um, you got Mercedes, you've yeah. got other manufacturers that are still top end Formula One, but these were these were the top end race cars of the day. They're they're going for. I mean, I'll, I'll clean this up a bit, but this is just a this is a, a peeing contest between the two. <laughs> hey, how's that been? Yeah, you know good. what I'm getting at. Right? Yeah, okay. I know what you mean. They're uh, between the two of them saying, you know, we can go just a little bit faster. Sure. Who's going to set this record? Because it's going to be a world record. And it was a is a battle of giants that yeah, day. Yeah, it definitely was. And it still it still stands today. Fortunately for everybody involved, the autobahn is still a place we. Uh, I hope. Do, do you think we busted some of the some of the bigger? I think so because it, yeah, I I think the biggest one was just everywhere is unlimited. Not true. Yeah, not, not true. true. And that it's dangerous. Yeah. Well, not, that that's not necessarily not, true. Yeah. We're d- I'm doing a lot of shrugging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, but the caveat, the asterisk added to the end of that sentence that is kind of a downer is that, uh, there are really places in Germany where you can drive as fast as you want. Yes. 
Now, you shouldn't eat while you're doing it because they not. will pull you over. Mm-hmm. You should be safe. There, there are a lot of laws that you probably want to catch up on if you're not familiar with oh, them. Oh, for sure. You don't want to be uh, busted on something simple like that. Oh, can you imagine? Can you sure. imagine? But also, uh, the good thing is, the thing to walk away with is that, my friends, if you want this bad enough, you can do it. Yeah, arrange a trip, rent mm-hmm. a car, do yep. whatever you have to do. And now that we have just... Uh, Gone ahead and given somebody a new life goal, Scott. You want to do some listener mail? I would love to. All right, Scott. This one is going to be from Tina from Seattle. And uh, she's got a quick question. I'm going to defer it to you. Okay. All right. Uh, hi, Scott and Ben. Blah, 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 blah. You guys are okay. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She's a very, very nice letter. Oh, that's um, Let's cut to the chase. I am a car enthusiast and love learning about cars and especially love driving different cars. Recently I drove a friend's BMW um, as well as a friend's 1990 VW Golf. I noticed that the reverse gear for both cars were located to the left of the first gear. What? Oh, I'm sorry. The reverse gear for both cars were located to the left of the first gear, while every other manual transmission car that I've driven, including my own, has the reverse gear in the bottom right corner. Why is this? Mm. All right, that's just a simple matter of uh, transmission manufacturers and where they decide to put that reverse gear location. It's just a, it's just a linkage thing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not anything really terribly different about it. Um, it. It still acts the same, of course, but you'll notice that there's also a lockout so you don't accidentally shift into reverse. Uh, when Because it would be easy enough to pull the gear shift towards your leg, mm-hmm. shift it up into what would be reverse gear instead of first gear. So they have a uh, a lockout usually in that case, which is a ring that you would pull up on the on the um, the stick shift, mm-hmm. or sometimes you push down on the shift knob and then push it over and up. Um so that you know you don't accidentally shift into reverse versus first gear. But really it's just it's just a matter of the way the manufacturer lays out that uh, that pattern. So there's no there's no like institutional standard or no. law or anything no nothing like that it's uh, i mean they could i guess they could put it wherever they want really but mm. um i think it's just something that's carried over from you know a long time ago and is still there well tina also added that uh her friends have commented without thinking they've accidentally gone forward when they meant to go in reverse really and i can see myself doing the same as well if i were to switch back and forth between oh, cars you know i could see i could see accidentally going forward instead of in reverse but i can't see I could, I could, with the lockout the way it is. Yeah. You can't, unless it's not working, mm-hmm. unless it's broken in some way, you know, the, the, uh, the adjustment. Um, I would say that, you know, you wouldn't be sitting in a light and then inadvertently go in reverse. That okay. just wouldn't happen because you would have to push down on the stick shift and then dry, and then shift it into reverse. Or you have to pull up on that ring that I was telling you about that's below the shift knob, mm-hmm. pull it up and then shift into reverse. So, you know, I could understand though, you think you've got it in reverse and you've got it in first, but not the other way around. So, yeah, that's, uh, okay. You got I, it? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 got I think. It. So, I mean, that's a good question, though, because mm-hmm. it, it's just really a, a manufacturer choice. Okay. So, Tina, uh, thanks for writing in. We, we hope that we got back to you with a adequate answer there for these kind of little car mysteries. Now, guys, our, our time here is up. Scott and I have to go do some stuff and we still have to drive the speed limit over <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. What's yeah. that about? Uh, that's too slow is what it is. All right, so we're going to head out. If you have a car mystery for us that you'd like to know more about, uh, you can look us up on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at CarStuffHSW. You can check out Scott's awesome blog, which is on our website. And on our website, we have the answer to everything, asterisk, about... Con- 
I'm sorry you caught me. About right. everything about automobiles that you would like to know. Even the uh, top speeds article that we just mentioned mm-hmm. um, and how the Autobahn works. Mm-hmm. And I think even on my blog, I've got a couple of things about the auto, uh, Autobahn, rather. So, um, yeah, check it out. Those are both good sources. And if for some reason uh, you can't find what you're looking for, go ahead and send us an email directly at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug right, needed. Let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash Zero. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.